I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hello Steve-O podcast. You're talking to the main man himself, Steve-O. Here with his broken toe, as I'm sure a lot of you already know, if you've been following me on the Instagram stories, the whole toe story has not ended well. I was just having a bit of crack when I originally uh, cracked it <laughs> a few weeks ago there. I think it was about a month ago on Instagram stories. I ran up the stairs. My daughter was after waking up from her nap, so she's crying, but she's woken up a bit early, so I knew I had to put her back to sleep run up the stairs, catch the big toe on the top step, and boom! It was a crunch. Like, I knew I knew straight away it was broken. It was a crunch. Like, if you have a bunch, say you've got a full packet of celery in your hands, in your two hands, and you crack that bunch of celery, that was the sound that my big toe made. And it was bloody painful. It was this awkward situation of having to pick up my daughter from her nap. When she's, you know, crying, and I'm like, I have to be all calm and like, shh, it's okay, it's okay. When really I want to punch the shit out of the fucking wall because I'm in that much pain. Um, Yeah, well, it, it went black and blue. I got on the old Arnica tablets, which, if those of you who don't know, the first time I heard about Arnica was from my mother, who she said, when I was in labor, when I had the three of you children, the nurse recommended that I take Annika. And Annika, you know, just gets rid of the bruising straight away. And the doctor said, I have never seen healing like this before. So my mom always recommended using Arnica. And down the years, it's done me the, the world of good when I've been getting injuries. Arnica, basically, if you don't know, you go into any chemist. I think it's a homeopathic thing, but it works. It just kind of brings on any swelling or gets rid of swelling and brings on any bruising quicker. So it just gets gets it over and done with. I don't fucking believe this. Sorry. While I'm talking to you. Oh, there's a whole road to this bullshit. The, oh, my God. I, my bedroom window looks out onto a, a street where I can see the whole length of the street. Um, and I've seen a few neighbors do this. It's bullshit. They get bread. And they fuck it out in the middle of the road. And now there's mayhem. Pigeons and seagulls are going absolute ape shit down there. It's a fucking war. It's Well, that is not helping the seagull situation that we have in this fucking city. But um, there you go. I'm literally watching pigeons kicking, getting the shit kicked out of them by seagulls. Eating fucking white slice pan. Who does that? 
throw us, there's, I mean, there's literally friends of friends of ours, neighbors of ours, have done it where they like they're literally we're there chatting to them outside on the front doorstep, and they come out with a loaf of bread and fuck it in the middle of the street. There's not even any seagulls around sometimes, and they just leave bread there. Oh, I haven't like I'm, I'm sure a lot of you know from from the stage I've got issues with seagulls. Um, they, they, originally, I mean, we all know we've got we've got a problem in the city with the seagulls. They're fucking psychos. They're too aggressive in people's faces all the time. But my issue with them started when I used to live in this area <clears throat> back before I moved to London. I used to live in this area in the inner city of Dublin when was it like five, six, seven years ago. And there was seagulls on the roof of the house that I was living in and they'd be there every morning making fucking noise and just it piss you off. So I went up one day. OK, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Got out one day. A few stones said, I'll move them on, move these seagulls on, fuck off, threw a few stones. They got very aggressive, and then I realized that there was actually a nest there of baby seagulls, and they did not like that. And from that time on, I shit you not, the seagulls who were hanging out on that street used to wait for me coming home. I shit you not, there's a, there's a church across the way. They'd all perch up on the, on the steeple, and as soon as they saw me turning the corner on my bike, they'd swoop for me. Trying to scare the shit out of me there. Unbelievable. Psychos. So I was like, okay, fair enough. That summer, I have to take that on the chin. Probably shouldn't have done that. But uh, in winter, they all fuck off. They're never around in winter. But then next summer, they've they've remembered me. They've got a, they have me on file or some shit. And they're like, next summer, they start hanging around the street again. I start building another nest. Start making more noise. And they're up on the fucking steeple waiting for me to turn the corner. No wonder I moved to London, like. Anyway, they're all gone. The bread's gone. Fuck. <laughs> the, pigeon, the pigeons are there looking for... <laughs> there's nothing left. All the seagulls are gone. And there's four pigeons there going, couldn't spare a few crumbs there, could you? <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, back to the Arnica. The Arnica did me the world of good when I stubbed my toe a month ago. Uh, got the bruising out. And I knew, I knew it was fractured. By that sound, I knew I'd fractured it at least. Um, but I was gutted to be missing playing football, and I could I could walk around in it pretty decent, but I had to walk a bit differently, and it was causing a bit of pain, and I was a bit worried about playing football. My girlfriend was like, "No, don't don't go play football." So I didn't, to be fair, for two weeks, which was difficult for me because at the moment it tends to be my only exercise, and I love playing football. Um, and then after a couple of weeks, I did go and play football, and. I played one game. It was sore. It was fine. Played the comedians' game of football. Shout out to the lads on Tuesday evenings, and did okay. It was sore, but it passed. And I was worried about making it for the Kilkenny Cat Laughs game. For those of you who don't know, Kilkenny Cat Laughs have a a big game of football every year at at this comedy festival where it's Irish comedians against comedians from the rest of the world. So it's a bit of a legendary thing. Like the, I mean, the festival's been going for twenty five years, so it's a it's a it's a big uh, deal. Like I think I was even told the other day, like Louis C.K. even played in this game. You know, um. And obviously, as I was talking about before, it wasn't decided whether I'd played for Ireland or for the rest of the world. I ended up playing the first half for Ireland. We were winning 5-1 at halftime. I scored a couple of goals, set up a couple of goals. And then I went and played the rest of the world for the second half because the teams weren't unfair. And sure enough, uh, with the rest of the world, banged in a couple of goals. And we got back to 6-all and it went to penalties, blah, blah, blah. So, But I was really worried about being fit for this game because of my toe. But... Thankfully, shout out to all the jujitsu heads out there. I did a few jujitsu classes 
there a few months ago and I learned how to Google it. Jiu-Jitsu taping for your fingers. Now, I know that sounds alien to people, but Jiu-Jitsu is this martial art where you're going to have to be pulling on somebody's lapels and... and um, What's that? Kimono? Gi? <laughs> pulling on someone's gi <laughs> a lot. And you have to... Um, you can really damage the joints in your fingers by having to grip so much. So there's this way that you can tape the joints up so that it doesn't overstretch and you don't do damage to your joints. So I use that same method on my toe to stop it from getting, if it gets banged from overstretching or anything like that. And it was fine. I scored the goals. I played a good game. I was delighted. And I remember walking off the pitch going, yes, my toe must be fine. It hasn't hurt me at all. Perfect. Another week later, and I go and play in this game, and it's going fine. I didn't tape my toe up. It's feeling a little bit tender, but I'm fine. Scoring a couple of goals, enjoying the game, and I do one step over too many again. This one guy kind of stopped me from getting past him, but I still had the ball. So, like, that's the ego of me being so childish. I just went, rather than cross it in for somebody else or pass it on, I was like, I'm going to take him on again. Went straight for him, step over to the left, went to the right, and he just fucking stepped on my fucking toe. Like, booted it, and well, I... Roared like like a little baby because I knew it was fucked and uh, didn't really play the rest of the game. Stood in goals and let like about 10 goals go in, but I literally couldn't move from side to side and uh, went home, called my auntie, my my nurse auntie, <laughs> who I was in Temple Street Hospital with. I'm sure you'll have heard a couple of weeks ago. She said, go down to the doctor now. Went down to the doctor, went to A&E again. Had to get the x-ray done. And sure enough, not only was it broken, it's I probably made the break worse the second time, but it's broken right up into the joint. And it's fucking, I swear to God, man. I like him. I know everything. It's just a, it's just a broken toe. I've been such a girl. And I to that I say, you sexist bastards. I can be a girl if I want. That's the world we live in now, 2019. But um, yeah, it's fucking sore. I managed to get down to the International Comedy Club last night and do the two shows. I was headlining the Saturday night shows. Um, but, yeah, which, by the way, great fun down there last night, especially the early show. What a laugh. And it turns out that a load of people in the audience were at the Kilkenny Cat last football game <laughs> uh, the previous week. So, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. I think you're all from Dublin. I didn't catch any names, sorry, because I was... Uh, it turned out a couple of mates were in the audience as well, so I had to go and chat to them. But um, yeah, big comedy fans. These are all great crack. Um, and shout out to those uh, to, to that couple who were down at the Kenny Cat last game as well. You were great fun. Um, I had I had yeah had a great laugh last night. Apart from the fact that it was very painful to get there in the first place, or even move on stage. I shouldn't have moved at all because I'm in fucking pain this morning. But yeah, uh, great show. Moral of the story is. Um, I was talking to a maid of mine up in Belfast there on Instagram this morning. He said he did the exact same thing himself, broke some toes in jiu-jitsu, and went back and made it even worse. And so he's out for much longer. So I'm literally bed-bound. I have a couple of podcasts that I was going to do this week, but I can't get out anywhere. And I can't always be asking people to come down to my house to do a podcast. And um, so I thought I was just going to do this, chat to you guys. Because... I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, uh, Thank you so much to everybody for enjoying the podcast, for all the message, messages that you send, for listening to the show. 
and I love doing the interviews, but the reality of the situation is that I'm not going to do that forever. Like, you can only interview so many people in the world, and yes, I while thank you for the compliments, while I am good at interviewing people, and while I do, while I do love interviewing people... I'm not a fucking interviewer. That's not what I want to do. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I, if if that was the case, I could work for fucking prime time or something like that. I'm a comic and I want to do things that are you know that I find interesting that are that I think are funny, like talking to myself on the microphone, like I'm doing now. <laughs> um. So I'm just going to be changing up the format for the next while. I've got a couple of little secrets coming up here and this. It's not secrets. They're fucking. There's different ways of doing things. I'm looking forward to releasing a podcast for you guys next week, which I think you're going to really enjoy. But the format is going to change of the Hello Steve-O podcast, basically. It's not just going to be interviews. Um, and the other... Uh, it, th- th- there'll be a little bit of this as well. But there'll be a little bit of... Um, there'll be a little bit of different formats going on. There's different ideas here and there that I'm going to do. So for the first, like, 10 episodes, that's why I wanted to do what I was doing. You know, get some solid conversation in there. Get some solid content, as they say in the US. And... And, and give you some interesting stuff. However, let's get into the world of just having a laugh, having a bit of crack, you know. The re- only reason I make this stuff is is so you can enjoy your, your trip to work on the bus on a on a Wednesday morning or whatever morning it is that you're listening to it. Um, because back in the day, before podcasts, when I, my first ever job was working on building sites. I was a... I was a, an apprentice carpenter. I didn't finish school, and I and I worked the sites for years, and not to not to fucking talk down about working on building sites or any of that kind of stuff. But and maybe it was where I was at in my life as well. But I I didn't finish school, and I went to work in the building trade from the age of seventeen. And fuck me, it was depressing at the time. Now, granted, I was on like on a lot of drugs at a certain point, and then I was cold turkeying from not taking drugs at a certain point. So that's definitely going to affect your mood in winter in Ireland, do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're fucking, if you've got, if you have medical issues, depression issues, mental health issues, you're having um, drug abuse issues, Ireland in winter is not the place to be, and certainly not fucking working on uh, on building sites, that's for sure. So it was, it was a shit 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 fucking time and also you've got the weight of like what am i doing with my life you know i'm 17 i've got my whole life ahead of me and i'm just depressed i want to fucking kill myself every day and i'm not i'm not saying that flippantly that's the truth you guys know my story you know i've got a fucking show about it which i've news coming out about the show actually as well but you know i'm not i'm not um going to sweep under the carpet or or talk you know, you know the whole stepping on eggshells bullshit. Talking about uh, my suicidal issues and stuff like that. It the reality was that I did live a life for at a certain point in my life where I did want to kill myself every day. And you know, as I said, when you're struggling with such heavy mental health issues at such a young age, it's a, it's it's just tough. It's just it's shit, and and that's part of life as well. It's it's also natural. Loads of people go through that. Um, life's not supposed to be easy all the time, but when I was going um, through all that stuff, and my my very first job actually I worked in in my apprenticeship was I was I was based in a factory, and the factory uh, was where they put together these really fancy 
like timber framed houses, but they were for your back garden type things. Like really posh people bought them. Instead of getting an extension onto their house, they got this fancy wooden home fitted into their back garden, and they could use it as a as a sound studio or a or a podcast studio. No, there wasn't podcast then. Or a, you know, yeah, people used it like for. Uh, music studios or it was just an extra room or it was their office all that kind of stuff and where that that gets made in the factory first into little sections a bit like ikea and then it gets sent out on a truck and then the carpenters put that all that together on the site they plaster it they fit it out looks gorgeous um costs about 50 grand or whatever you had to have money to have these things but in my first job i worked in the factory where you put these things together but obviously i didn't just start putting these things together you start at the bottom of the fucking ladder you're the i was you know i wasn't even making tea i was just um i was sweeping floors doing all the shitty ob jobs you know i was the kid you know do you ever work in a job where you know they're making up jobs for you and like at 17 you don't realize that <laughs> until a few years later that you go oh this job is pointless you're just asking me to sweep this floor here so that um sweep this floor here so that you fucking have something for me to do or whatever i've swept that floor already you don't even need this floor swept but then i graduated from sweeping floors and moving stuff around the yard for no reason to cutting the wood for the sections which as i as i realized after a while you had to be very precise at that because <laughs> when you fuck it up it just makes the whole thing look shit so you have to measure the length of wood down to the very finite millimeter etc etc and day after day after day in winter i couldn't afford you, there was no bus to this place this was out in the countryside we were living in dublin at the time in the on the suburbs of the city so where i had to go to work there was no buses to get there and I couldn't afford to have a car. I'm a first year apprentice carpenter. You know, at that stage, you at that time, you got paid 190 euro a week for 40 hours work, which is fuck all. You get more if you're doing part time work or, you know, people think McDonald's is bad pay, but <laughs> try being a first year apprentice. So then you. So then somebody, my grandfather actually gave me a few quid to get a moped, which I didn't want. <laughs> And I had a restrictor on it. So when, when you first buy mopeds, they won't go over a certain speed. So this moped would go like would not go more than 30 miles an hour, embarrassingly. So I had to get this stupid moped out in winter in the fucking freezing cold and wet. You had to be at work at half seven in the morning. So it was still dark in Ireland. And, you know, in Ireland in winter, it's dark up until like eight, half eight. On the moped, cold, wet rain in the dark, going out to the factory, going down to the back of the factory to cut the wood. And remember, cutting the wood is a promotion. I've worked my way up here to get to this lofty position. Finish work at five o'clock and you come outside and it's still fucking dark and you go home on the cold fucking freezing moped and you're already, you know, <laughs> you already have your bad mental health issues and your drug abuse issues and all that kind of stuff. It was fucking depressing, let me tell you. But obviously, you get out of there eventually. But the one thing that kept me sane was there was a radio show on at from 8 till what was the first one was no the first one was on from 7 till 9 then the next one was on 9 till hmm, I'm going to say 12 possibly and those two shows man did I live for them I got a I got a a couple of quid together to buy myself um cuz the lads would listen to the radio down where, where they were putting the sections together they had big ghetto blast radios so they could listen to everything there. But when I was down at the saw all the time, just calling, when you're doing that all day, it's very hard to hear the radio. 
So I invested some of my 190 euro, which half of that was going going on paying the fucking moped back. <laughs> I invested some of that money into buying myself. I went down to Argus once and got myself a, a, a pocket radio, which you probably can't even buy them anymore. It was about the same size as a USB stick. And I would tune it in. I'd have my own headphones. And I sat, I was down the bottom of that factory day after day after day for a whole winter just going and the only thing that kept me happy was what was coming through the headphones was listening to these guys in radio stations thinking fucking hell I would love that job I'd love to be sitting there in a a studio having the crack just having the fun and all the lols and just just enjoying they just seem to have so much fun doing that and I kind of there's a part of me has wanted to do that ever since. Like it's a weird path to that that you go through to end up in comedy, to end up as a stand-up comedian, and that's been a weird journey in itself. But there's something special about this whole world that we have now of podcasting that I love. That it's you've got the ability to have a little intimate and not to be not to sound pervy at all, but to have an intimate moment with with people that you don't even necessarily know. That's the brilliant thing of it. And you might be having a shit day in your job. You might work in a cubicle, or maybe you do work on building sites, or maybe you are in a factory, or maybe you are hating your life at the moment. But if you're having a bit of crack listening to this, to this fucking idiot who's at home moaning about his stupid broken toe and that he can't walk around the place, if you're getting entertainment out of this and you're enjoying what I'm you know, putting into your headphones, then that's why I do it. I'm actually having fun doing this as we speak. I'm having fun talking to you, even though I don't know you. <laughs> so that's why I do it. I just, I remember the young me who was having a shit time of life. Really fucking shit. Uh, to be fair, everything's been up. Not, 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 nothing's easy in life. But it's been uphill since then. But if you're having a shit time in life right now, and you know you know that I've come from that place as well, then look it. That's the only reason I'm making this. And it's very easy to get caught up in in the whole world of like, how many listeners am I getting? Am I making any money of this? Is this worth your while, Stephen? Should you be writing jokes? Should you be writing another routine? You know, all that negative bullshit that I'll have in my head. But at the end of the day, I was thinking about this last night and my amazing girlfriend, you know, sets sets my head straight and kind of go, look, do you want to do it? Why do you want to do it? Then that's the reason you want to do it. I'm passionate about just making podcasts. (laughs) I'm passionate about just making stuff. And if other people are enjoying that, then that's great. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people. I'm I'm in a privileged position at this moment in time. I've got no money, but (laughs) I'm privileged that I'm able to do this, you know. I'm privileged that that I can have a broken toe and and try and do a bit of work anyway and have a bit of crack at the other end of the, the microphone. So thanks for listening is the bottom line. And this is for you, and that's the reason why... You know, I just want to explain. I wanted to explain to you that I'm I am going to be changing it up. It's not going to be interviews all the time, and I fucking love doing the interviews. I love chatting to the uh, the amazing people that we've had. See if I can list them all. Uh, I did John Connors ages ago, but that's not the first one on this list of podcasts. John Connors, Eve Darcy, met her last night. I'm going to bring her back on for her dating gossip because she had dating gossip. She was literally in the middle of creating dating gossip when I met her on the stairs of the International Bar last night. So shout out to Eve. After Eve, we had Jeff the Poet, legend. Uh, Owen Colgan, um, Mad Madman. 
Oh, he's, I think he organised to have drinks last night, actually, and maybe I didn't respond to his text. Sorry about that, Owen. Um, Owen Colgan. I'm fucking blanking here. I know we had Enage, my girlfriend, Gerald Farley, Julie J, uh, Kev Powell, that old one was on as well, Emma Manley, and anyone I forgot. I did the Temple Street one as well. Anyone I forgot, I'm sorry. But I've loved chatting to everybody and I love talking to people. I think people are the most interesting. Everybody is interesting. That's bullshit. Because I used to watch I used to watch TV shows, uh, like chat shows, and still do. And 90% of the time, you're like, fuck me. Would you just get somebody from the audience? They're going to be more interesting. Rather than these bullshit fucking actors up there going, yeah, it was just so great to be part of this job. You know, talking their, you know, what I did to get into character, you know. I just... Um, I just can't pretend to be the character, you know. Oh my god, how did you do that? Fuck off. Which <laughs> just, you know, I always thought in those chat shows that you could get somebody interesting from the front row who's a nurse or who's, you know, who has a job that you never heard of and they'd be interesting to listen to as well. So that's why I love doing the interviews is that on a lot of levels you probably wouldn't have heard of a lot of the people that I brought on to the podcast. Rob Mulligan. Sorry, I forgot you there, Rob. Um, but I know they're interesting people. So I knew I, I knew that others, there's, there's people in my world, there's people in my life that are going to be interesting if you can uh, get them to chat. And that's why I love doing the interviews as well. I think I've always loved chatting to people in general. I grew up in a house where, like, my mum's from the other side of the world. So culturally, we, it wasn't a very Irish household. And so we were used to constantly used to different cultures all the time, not even just nation, uh, nationality cultures. But, you know, there's a culture of like we grew up in a very different religion to the rest of the country. So you're just used to the opposites all around you all the time. You're used to talking to people from different backgrounds all over the place. And um, we moved around a little bit when when I grew up as well and met people from all over the world all the time. But my parents both used to work at sea, so they traveled the world. So they were used to culture, uh, different types of culture all the time. And they were used to talking to people from all different types of backgrounds all the time. And I think that's definitely rubbed off on on, on us, on me, my brother, and my sister. And I've always loved talking to people. And everybody is interesting was always my my angle. I remember my dad, um, <laughs> my dad used to... <laughs> He used to preach on the streets of Cork City. Fucking hell. Like, I'd say... I'd say he wouldn't do that now. But I'll never forget being... I must have been... I don't even think I was in school. Three or four. And he has this big painting out. And he's teaching about... He's teaching people about the importance of the cross. And how Jesus is... Um, has come to save us all and all this kind of stuff. I'll never forget this drunk guy coming by going... Jesus is a bollocks! <laughs> and my dad's still trying to be so... So holy about it all and going, um, well, thank you for your input. <laughs> and this, I think he was, I presume he was homeless, but he was definitely fucking locked anyway. He came over to me and I was sitting on a crate. And he was like, how's it going, little fella? And I didn't respond. And he said to my dad, why isn't he talking to me? And my dad said, because you're frightening him. <laughs> but I don't think it was that same guy, but I know on another guy, another homeless guy, he turned up at the church one night in Cork City locked and ca- causing a bit of trouble and my dad took him out of the church with me and brought him to um, a chip shop next door and he just bought him some food 
And we, uh, I remember sitting down and we're having the food and all. And uh, your man says to my dad, uh, have any ketchup? And my dad goes, I'll get you ketchup now. And he went up to the counter to get, uh, my dad went up to the counter to get the guy some ketchup. And for like a moment, I was there, this kid, again, four or five maybe. I wasn't. I couldn't have even been four actually, because we were still living in Cork City at the time. So, I was probably just four. I definitely hadn't turned five, and uh, I just had this moment with the with the uh, with the the homeless guy who was must have been in his fifties or something, and just sitting there with him eating chips, and passing him the salt and all that kind of stuff. And uh, now I look back at it as going, "Whoa, that was a pretty cool moment." But as a kid. It was the most normal thing in the world. We were just used to that stuff all the time. And then yeah, one of the other jobs I've done in life is I worked with a lot of guys who were long-term unemployed, a lot of guys that were in prison, and uh, my job was to help them to get back into the workplace. But man, the fucking fun that we had in that job, you know, just sitting down and having conversation, like just every single person is the most interesting person in the world. Everybody has a story to tell. And so that was another element of me doing the podcast as to why I wanted to do uh, the interview style thing. As well, and I think I'm glad you've been enjoying them. I thank you for the messages. I've had fun doing all the interviews, and we will continue with the interviews, but we're going to change up the the format from time to time. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's been a busy week. Um, like it's it's nice to do this format of podcast now, where it's just me talking because I've um, you know, sometimes in life you have to slow down, and it always happens in my life that the only time I'm going to slow down is when something goes wrong. So like having to break. Your fucking toe is the only time I'm going to slow down. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so something has to go wrong. But I've been in, I've been enjoying it. I don't know what it is about when you know you can't move anywhere. You turn into the biggest scruff of, of all time. Like my dad had to call over earlier on to pick up my daughter to look to take her out for a walk because I can't bring her out for a walk. And uh, I'm still in my fucking pajamas because just like ah, I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have a shower. Fuck that! I'll have to change all the bandages and show what's the point in putting any clothes on. And I turn up and he was like, "Jesus Christ! Would you brush your teeth for fuck's sake?" <laughs> Twenty four hours of not being able to walk and I turn into the biggest slob in the world. But uh, yeah, man, it's all good. You just gotta uh, you just gotta keep on keeping on and being positive. And I am gutted to not be playing football. That's the like. It's not even about not being able to perform or be out and about or just get out of the fucking house because it's mad in here sometimes but it's it's genuinely that i can't play football i think what happens let me know what you think lads but i'm going to be hitting officially hitting my mid-30s soon and uh i think something happens that you realize oh i'm not going to be able to play football for as much longer as i might might have thought i would and i know i'm not going to be professional now you know i've given up on the dream of playing for arsenal <laughs> But I don't know what it is in us men that the inner child is still there. And now, at my age, I'm genuinely gutted that I can't play football. That's all I want to do is play football. Nothing else, actually, at this moment is just giving me that I just enjoy Googling on Pro Direct Soccer, finding Illuminous, the Illuminous Barcelona away shorts or socks or whatever and buying them and looking forward to playing with the lads on Tuesday and showing off my fluorescent yellow socks <laughs> I don't know what it is the inner child is still there because you know something's going to happen one of these days or the cruciate ligament goes again I'm not going to be able to play the football again and that's it game over I'm going to have to get into golf or some shit but yeah I'm just more gutted about missing the football than anything else Um. 
But yeah, it was great to be down in Kilkenny Cat last. Thanks to, I'm sure there's some of you from down there listening. It was a cool festival. I've I've never even been as a punter before. But it's a, it's a cool festival. It's Kilkenny is a a cool little town. I brought the the girlfriend down on my daughter. She'd never been to Kilkenny before, so every time we get an opportunity to do one of these little trips, we bring her down and I I, I like to try and bring Inez around the place so she can see a bit more of Ireland because let's face it Dublin isn't the representation of Ireland, is it? It's um you know, it's not it's not it's yeah. This still has the feeling of the pale off it, you know what I mean? It feels a bit English in some ways. No, that's harsh. I'm gonna get fucking gonna get lashed back for that. But when you do go to like a city like Kilkenny or Cork or Galway, they're very different. They feel very different to Dublin. They're very different uh, cities. They have a completely different feel to them. Um, and so yeah, it was a good opportunity to bring her down and show off another part of the the country for her. She was quite taken aback by the Kilkenny girls that were out at night time. <laughs> like, baby, why are they not wearing any clothes? It's freezing. <laughs> How do they get that colour? <laughs> I don't know, honey. I do not know. But uh, it was great to experience the festival. I got to see some really uh, top comics. Zoe Lyons was the one who who really stood out for me. Um Check her out on, on YouTube, Zoe Lyons. Uh, I didn't get to meet her or anything. I just saw her perform, and she was amazing. She really stood out for me, and uh, it was great just to be hanging out with comics the whole time, um, even if I was sharing the bed with Gerard Farley for half of the time as well. Um, he likes to think that he doesn't snore. He fucking does, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, yeah, it was a great opportunity. Got to play. I mean, I got to have a little chat with Tommy Tiernan, which is kind of like, you know... Meeting a hero, I suppose. If if those of you who are listening from abroad, Tommy Tiernan is probably, I think it's fair to say, considered the greatest Irish comedian of all time, easily, probably. Um, now he would dispute that. Might He might say that Dylan Moran is, but um, Dylan Moran's pretty fucking good, actually. Went to see him the other night um, in Vicar Street, and it was a good crack. Had a couple of pints, even though I'm not supposed to be. But, yeah, it was good. Kilkenny was great overall, and... After that week of Kilkenny, I've really been trying to make the effort to look after my health better. And that happens on on loads of fronts, but mainly for me, it's eating. Because I saw some photos of me playing football at the Kilkenny Cat Laughs, and I was like, holy shit, look at the state of me. I've got a fucking belly, and I'm I'm not judging you if you've got a belly. If you have a belly and you're happy with your belly, that's fine for you, right? I don't have a... Like, I'm not happy with my belly, okay? I'm just not. And um, I used to, like... I just... I feel I've let myself down, like, do you know what I mean? That I haven't been looking after my body as well. And I'm just tired all the time. And just... And, and, you know, it's like, it's because you're eating shit. You eat shit. I don't eat shit, but... I'm eating fried shit all the time. And it's amazing the changes I've seen in the week... From just eating some more vegetable and not eating crisps, chocolate, or anything that's fried fried foods. Like, I love burgers and chips. And being a comedian, you eat shit all the time, man. But my energy levels are up. Uh, you know, I feel less bloated. She says half of my belly is because I'm bloated. That's mental. It's like, so there's not even necessarily a lot of fat on my, on you know, just under my skin. But it's just my belly is sticking out because it's swollen. Jesus Christ, how many of us are doing that to ourselves? And it's mental how it affects your, your your mental health because I'm not the type of person that can do the drugs or, you know, 
um, you know, I romantically think of myself doing drugs again, but I can't do drugs. I can't take with the. I'm I I'll be I'm high on drugs. Going, oh my god, how far down is it from here? That's how you know. I'm like I'm high right now, and I can do anything, but I might want to kill myself in the morning. Like that's why I don't do fucking drugs. I can't really do a lot of alcohol either, but you know, more power to you that you can get drunk and be grand the next day because. You know, you obviously can look after yourself, but some of us just should not be going up and down our heads. We should not be taking things that are making our heads go up and down, up and down. You know, I had to go for, like I went for um in in when I was living in England. In England, they can do this testing <laughs> where uh, it's for free on the NHS, where they can f- uh, check out if you're on a spectrum. <laughs> so I went through it and uh, for Aspergers, right? For obviously, like I'm, I'm high functioning if I have Asperger's, but my most comics, let's be honest, aren't right. But they said uh, you are on a spectrum, so this is a year of testing. You are on a spectrum, just not this one. <laughs> so that was fuck all help, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm just well aware of the way my head works that I don't get away with not looking after myself better. I don't get away with if I'm not eating well. If I'm not sleeping and if I'm getting fucked up all the time. And I just don't like, you know, I'm not great at, I hate those social situations. I hate crowds. I hate a crowded pub. I hate loads of people around. Like if I hang out with mates, I don't have a lot of mates, but if I hang out with mates, it's a one-on-one situation. And after gigs, you come up to me and you say, hello, that's totally cool. Um, It's a one-on-one thing. We have a bit of crack there and then, but, you know, I'm not necessarily going to want to hang out with you for the evening. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's fucking harsh. <laughs> no, it's it's more like you're having your night out. You're having drinks. You're sitting in the audience. You're with a bunch of mates. You're a socializer, you know? But just because you're up on stage making a room full of people laugh doesn't mean that, you know, you're a socializer. It doesn't mean that you're an extrovert, for example, you know? Because like, I, I genuinely like going home after a gig. Like, Kilkenny, perfect example. There's big after parties after every show, every night. I turn, I went up to them because I'm like, yeah, I got it. my agents are there. I got to go meet some people, do some networking. I lasted, I, di- I didn't last more than fucking 15 minutes at each night. I was just like, ah, fuck this. You know, I'd much rather go home and watch YouTube. <laughs> um, So that's it. Look at thanks for coming along for the ride uh, I won't be doing another one of these types of podcasts for a while but we've got some exciting new ways of doing the show coming up um, I've got yeah I've, yeah you're going to see the new formats develop over the the coming weeks the coming weeks and the coming months I hope you're having a good week if you're not having a good week you keep that fucking chin up you know it's only a job or it's only a it's only a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a, or a wife or... No, if you're married, you're fucked, to be honest. <laughs> or it's only the kids, huh? You're, we're, we're not even alive for that long, lads. Do you know what I mean? We're not even alive for that long. You might as well have a bit of crack. Don't be taking yourself too seriously. Yeah, sure, fuck it. Like bus drivers. Bus drivers take themselves too seriously. They're just miserable bastards. Sorry, that was very bus driverist of me you're not all bastards just a lot of you are grumpy cunts because you you didn't get your union biscuit at lunchtime you know (laughs) cheer up bus drivers I hope one of you is listening to this
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.